And to Jesus be the praise and the glory and the honor. Precious people, thank you for joining me. I'm here with this amazing class. The students of BHI and I have been teaching on the book of Romans. I'm sensing the anointing. And I want to talk to all of you. I want to talk to them. I want to talk to you. I'm seeing a lot of people on the screen on Zoom. But I want to talk to you too about what God showed me about the anointing. But can we just begin right now? Lift your hands to heaven and pray in the Holy Ghost for just, just a few seconds. You, all of you, join me. Just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Lord, we give you praise for what you're about to say, what you're about to show all of us to you. Be the praise, wonderful Jesus. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome your divine presence, Lord. Give you praise. On Friday, and thank you for being with us, by the, by the way, today, you sweet people. On Friday, I'm ministering in our healing service, and suddenly the power of God hit my left hand so strong, it went down my arm all the way up my shoulder. Now, I'm going to tell you something I told the sweet students earlier who are with me. Back in early 1990s, I had a conference called Mighty Warriors Conference in what was Orlando Christian Center in Orlando. This is 1990, years ago. And that's when I began to feel that numbness, electricity on my left hand. For the first time, I felt it back in the 90s. And it was right after that that the, that the Crusades began in March of the same year. And then from there on, every service I had, even the This Is Your Day programs, when I would pray for the sick, I would feel that on my, on my left hand. Often my left hand would go hot. Sometimes it would be so red people could see it on TV. A lot of them told me, your hand is red, your hand is red. I said, yeah, I know. Oral told me it was his right hand always that where he felt the power of God. In my case, my left hand. For the last three years, I didn't feel that on my left hand. When COVID hit, it just, things kind of slowed down. Friday, I'm in Orlando, ministering. About almost the end of the service, I felt the electric part of God hit me so hard on my hand, it went numb, it went numb. And suddenly I began feeling it going all the way down my arm and my shoulder. And I said, Lord, I know what that means. It's always been my personal sign that God gave me since 1990, January of 1990, where that was the sign the anointing is here or it's coming. And everything in me knew, everything in me knew, a new anointing is on the way. Everything in me knew. I know it now. I know even more now than I did on Friday. Now, you saw the program yesterday. What you did not know is after I was done, hey, Chad, come here. Come here quick so they can hear you. Can the whole world can see you and hear you. I walk out of here and Chad starts feeling it on his hands and his ears. Stand up, stand up so they can see you. Come, come, stand close. No, don't kneel, don't kneel, stand up. So he starts feeling it. I start feeling, well, I began feeling it earlier. He almost was crying. I'm almost crying. 
I said, listen, something powerful is going to happen tomorrow. And I want BHI a part of it. And I want all our partners to see because every, oh God, I'm sensing it. Every one of you today, if I, and I can tell you this, every one of you that is walking in the spirit is going to feel something on your hands today. Today. This is Tuesday. July, what is it? 11. 11. No, 12, 12. You're going you're gonna to sense something today on your hand. You may even send it on both hands. And I believe God, God Almighty, you, you have to forgive me when I, when I break into praise like this, okay? God Almighty is going to show you that a new move is coming to your life and you better get ready for it. Okay, thank you, Cherry. You better get ready for it. Now, here's how we know. Here's how we know. And every one of you has got to remember what happened in Egypt. What was, what does the Bible say happened before God took Israel out of Egypt? Three things, three things. Number one, number one, they were desperate for deliverance. They were in desperation, in bondage. Desperation is the sign God is about to remove it. Something new is going to happen. When people begin to feel that horrible desperation, please, I got to get a, I, I have to find a way out. I got to get out of this. I'm not talking about bondage. I'm talking about desperation. When people want to be free from the prison they are in. And the Bible says that Israel was under such harsh bondage, they were, they were looking for a way out. Number two, they, they cried unto the Lord. And the Lord heard their cry. The Lord heard their cry. For the first time in 400 years, it says in the Bible, that the cry of the children of Israel was heard in heaven. And what did God do? He, he called Moses. And now there came a change of leadership inside Egypt. While before Pharaoh was running everything, now Moses began running everything, so much so that the elders of Egypt began to fear Moses. Because it says in Exodus, it says that the elders of Egypt feared Moses, held him in great esteem. It says, and Moses was great in the sight of the Egyptians. Read that in your Bible. Moses was great in the sight of the Egyptians and in the sight of Pharaoh's servants. Even Pharaoh said to Moses, entreat for me. Pray for me. The king now was bowing to a man of God. And you, we all know what, 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 what happened. Now listen carefully to what's going to happen when that move begins. When that move begins, by the way, all of you, lift your hands and thank God what I'm about to share with you is going to happen to you. I'm going to show you seven things that are going to happen to you. I'm, I'm prophesying right now, okay? Seven things are going to happen in your life. Seven things are coming are coming your way. And I don't know how long I'm going to go right now, you, so you just have to flow with me. Seven things are going to happen. I'm going to show you seven things that happened 
with the children of Israel. Number one, a change of atmosphere came. When Moses walked into Egypt, what happened? The atmosphere changed in the land. Now suddenly, ah, they were breathing fresh. They were breathing freely. They said, and they all began to bow and worship God. Listen, listen, listen. Israel for 400 years had not heard a good message. They, there was no good atmosphere. They were in bondage. Moses shows up. The atmosphere changes. What does it say in Isaiah 35? It says, the glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. Chad, you got to come and hear this. I know you're there, but you got to, I know you're watching the campus, all that. But stand up here. No, no, don't kneel. Because God's going to use you too, buddy. And it always begins with the glory of Lebanon. What is the glory of Lebanon? The glory of Lebanon are the cedars. Every spring in Jaffa, where we lived in Israel, the northern winds would blow south. And the whole atmosphere of the land changed because we could smell the cedars. It was like a beautiful smell in the air. And whenever the north winds blow, it always changed the climate, the land, in the natural. Get ready, dear Jesus, I give you praise. Get ready for a new atmosphere to come on your life. Where suddenly you're going to feel close to Jesus in a way you have never felt before. The second thing that, that happened in Egypt to Israel, to Israel, which will happen to you was what? A new message. I shared this. I shared this with Jack Hayford 20 years ago. I was sitting with Pastor Jack in his home 20 years ago. I said, Pastor Jack, God showed me. You won't read this anywhere. There's no book about it. God spoke to me 20 years ago and said, here's what I do when I begin to move in people's lives. Because it happened to me. Number one, atmosphere changes. Number two, the message changes. Moses came with a new message. They were hearing one message. Now a man comes and says, let my people go. I'm going to take you to the promised land. Always a new message comes. A new move brings a new atmosphere and a new message. Something fresh from heaven. You begin to hear God's voice that you had not heard before. Understand things you had not understood before. Number three. What did God do right after that? What did God do after the message came? He changed their location. He changed their location. There's always a change of location before a great anointing hits. Because frankly, it begins, the anointing begins, begins with the atmosphere changing. Now, before the, the anointing hits, before it ever hits, the three things earlier happened that I told you. Desperation, cry, and change in leadership. But when the anointing begins, it begins with the atmosphere. It goes from the atmosphere to the message. 
It goes from the message to the location changing. Don't be surprised that God may move you out of your city, out of your location. Many times it happens in the spirit and in the natural. We were, March of, of, of 1983, OCC began on Gore Street, on Gore Street. And we called the church at the time Miracle Evangelistic Center. And the Lord said, I'm going to give you a new location on Forest City Road. We went there and we built a brand new building. We moved in, this, uh, in, in December of, of 84 and the part of God hit. We had to be in a new location. Sometimes the old location doesn't work for the new anointing. Sometimes the old location doesn't work for the new anointing. I'm talking about spiritually and in the natural. How about Jesus? Jesus also left Nazareth. Did he not? Because he knew it's not going to work in Nazareth. He went to what we call Capernaum, but in fact the real name is Kafarnahum, the village of Nahum is what that village was. Capernaum, Capernaum is the village of a man named Nahum. That's where the miracles began and Matthew says it fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Had Jesus stayed in Nazareth, there would have been no great miracles taking place. He had to go somewhere else. Paul the Apostle had to leave and go to Arabia before God began to speak to him. Location is very important. Change to location is very important. They would not have seen the promised land if they did, if they did not leave Egypt. So after the location changed, something else happened. And you're not going to see it happen. What I'm about to show you will not happen till you leave that old location. Vision, vision. When did they see the fire by night and the cloud by day? When they left Egypt, right? When they crossed the Red Sea, right? There was no fire and no cloud. They, they didn't see the glory of God for 40 years. For 40 years, they saw nothing. Or 400 years, excuse me. They, they saw nothing. They leave Egypt cross the Red Sea, and the next thing they, they see is what? God's glory. We always see a new vision when we change location. And that's what the anointing does. There's a new anointing coming. I'm here to, 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 to tell you. I'm here to prophesy. A new anointing is on the way to the church. Not the world, not the world, but the church. Your life, your life. You'll know it. New atmosphere. You'll know it, new message. You'll know it when God says, get out of this and go here. Get out of this place and go there. It may be a change of locations in church. It may be a change of location from city to another. It may be a change of, of location in, in a spiritual way, and God will show you. But I'm telling you right now, there's most cases I've seen where people actually change location also in the natural. Not always, but a whole lot of times they do. Vision comes right, right after that. But right after vision, what did God do with Israel? 
What did God change after the vision came? He changed the priestly order. That's when God said, build me a tabernacle. He established the priesthood of Israel. What is the priestly order in our life? Well, the anointing releases through us the ministry of the priesthood. God says, I want a nation of priests. I want a nation of ministers who minister to the Lord. But a nation of priests also means people who are ministering to others. That, that anointing is not for you. It's through you to touch other people. There is coming a new anointing. It's going to start with a fresh atmosphere around you. And you'll know it. There'll be a song in your heart when you wake up in the morning. There'll be a new melody when you're in the shower. God will begin to talk to you prophetically through songs in the shower. In the kitchen, in the living room, in the family room, in the car. You're going to start singing songs to the Lord and God will use the songs to talk to you. To talk to you. Even about things to do with your family. I noticed that happening to me back in the 90s. I had songs come out of me. I didn't even know what were in there. Sometimes a new song. I would ask the Lord for something, for something, and next thing I know, a song was coming out of me. Give me the answer. A priestly order is established when the anointing comes. Because it happened in the Old Testament. And in the book of Acts. You know that everything I gave you happened in the, in the book of Acts? What happened on the, on, the, on the day of Pentecost? A new atmosphere. What happened after that? Peter preached a new message, right? What happened after, after that? They walked out of the, of the upper room and went to the whole world. A change of location. What happened after that? Come on, you ought to know. Their vision changed. The glory of God rested on the new church. Angels began to show up. Visions began to happen when the angel came and slapped Peter and said, get out of that prison. They put them in there and the angel says, get out. Their vision changed. Now they were seeing angels left and right. Think about how many angels appeared in the book of Acts. When Jesus ascended, there they were. When, 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 when Peter went to, to prison, they, there they came. Before that, when they put them all in prison, they also came. When Paul is on the ship, the angel comes and says, everything is all right. Angels were appearing all the time. Because vision, lift your hands up and Father, let them see angels. Let them see a new vision. Let them see that blessed new vision in their life. Lord, your word declares we don't walk. We don't walk by seeing the natural. We walk by faith. Our sight is spiritual. Our visions, things above is what we see, Lord. That's what your word says. Even our affections are on heaven. Open our eyes, Lord, just like Elisha's servant. Take the scales of our eyes, Lord. Take the scales of our eyes, Lord that we would see those who are more with us than those who are against us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
I was in St. Martin in the 90s. I was preaching in St. Martin. I get to my hotel. I decided to preach and teach an OCC on the double portion anointing. And I've shared this before. People may think I lost my mind. I don't care what they think. I saw Elijah the prophet in my hotel room in St. Martin. I can describe him to you. A tall man. He was wearing, and a thin man. He was thin and tall. And he was wearing the most beautiful broided uh, uh, cover on his head. Like the Jewish people wear, you know, that shawl. He had a most beautiful white robe with the most beautiful broideries, you call them. I will never forget that. And when I got to OCC, I began preaching on the double portion and the glory of God hit. But God opened my eyes. I didn't expect to see Elijah the prophet in my hotel room in St. Martin. I don't care if you laugh at me, that's your problem. That's your problem. I'm not going to lie about it. You could not be in a ministry like, you, you cannot be in a ministry like I've been in for the last 48 years and not see things like that. And if you laugh at it, go laugh, enjoy yourself. But these things are real in my life and in many lives of uh, God's precious saints. Vision is a part of our life. That's God's language. That's God's language. And what else happens, may I add also, in visions when, when because I'm, you know, I'm going to go on with the priesthood order just a second. But, I, you know, I want to go back to talk, talk about vision because vision isn't just about the cloud by day and the fire by night and the blessed power of God that showed up in the book of Acts and the angelic showed up and all that. Imagine they so far from heaven. Dreams. God begins to talk to us in dreams, very clearly in dreams. Dreams and visions are the language of the Holy Spirit. Every anointing brings dreams and visions. But the, but, but the order is atmosphere, message, location, then vision. I, I don't think you're going to ever have a true vision from God living in the, in the wrong spot or with the wrong people. Location not only is about a place, it's about association with who are you around, who, what people are really speaking to you. Location means more than just physically moving or spiritually. Whatever. It also means what people are there that should not be there. I want to hit a little more on priestly, on priestly order. Priestly order also means fathers in the spirit. You have to start listening to the fathers in the spirit. Stop listening to the voices of these people. Forgive me, you cannot stick a live branch on a dead tree. You cannot put a live branch on a dead tree. A lot of, sadly, a lot of God's people cannot hear God's voice because they are connected to a dead tree, meaning a dead preacher, a dead ministry. You have to be connected to a living tree for that branch to really thrive and see blessings and fruit where the anointing is flowing. Now, number six. Number six is very, very important because that happens with every anointing. What is it? It's a new battle plan. You mean, what, what, what do I mean by a new battle plan? Well, don't you remember? 
they came to Sinai. And what happened after that? Amalek shows up. Amalek shows up. And Moses sits on the mountain and Ur and Aaron hold his hands up and the battle is won against Amalek. There's always a new enemy that shows up when, when a new anointing shows up. Hear this. A new enemy shows up with every new anointing. You better be ready for the new enemy that you never knew existed, by the way. We never hear of Amalek. Their enemy before that was the Egyptians. Now they're free from the Egyptians and the Amalekites show up to stop them from going to the Holy Land. There's always an enemy, and I want to say a new enemy, not, not, not an old one. A new anointing brings a new enemy, but God gives you the plan to defeat them. God gives you the plan to defeat them. Lift your hands up, Father, in Jesus' name, give them the authority to defeat every new enemy that will come against them. When that new anointing begins, and may I tell you that new enemy may be a family member, that new enemy may be a neighbor, that new enemy may be somebody that you thought was a believer. You may have thought that someone was actually a child of God and they became enemies because they don't understand the new anointing you're flowing in. Because those who are accustomed to an old move will never support a new one. I'm going to say it again. Those who are accustomed to an old move will never support a new one. They're too much in the old, too much in their ways. They don't see the beauty and the colorfulness of the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, I didn't do it that way when I began. Well, what, is God bound to the way you like it? Here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. What does he do? What, what new things did he do that the Pharisees didn't like at all? How many times did they ask that poor man who went to the pool of Siloam? Now tell us again, what did he tell you to do? They had never heard of, he put mud on my eyes and said, go wash. Who had heard, who had heard of the shadow of a man healing the sick? They persecuted the church because the, the shadow of Peter healed the multitudes. There was a change in the way God ministered. Jesus laid hands, but Peter just walked by. I went to a church in Chicago years ago, and the pastor got mad at me just for calling healings out. He said, why don't you go lay hands on them like Oral Roberts did? I said, because that's not the way God uses me. <laughs> There's always a new plan to defeat the enemy. Oral Roberts laid hands on hundreds of thousands of people. Aren't you glad I didn't have to do that? And Miss Schumann didn't have to do that? God healed them right there sitting down worshiping Jesus. That's a new battle plan. Get ready for your new battle plan. Because there'll always be a new enemy. And number seven, possession. You will walk into your inheritance. Lift your hands to heaven, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Let them come into their possession. Let that anointing bring them into their possession. 
in Jesus' holy name. Now, now listen, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Yesterday, yesterday, I told you how to prepare. I want to finish now on how to prepare. So I told you yesterday, if you didn't see yesterday, you got to go back and see it. How do you prepare for the, for the anointing that's coming? I just finished talking to you about what happens when it comes. What it happens when it comes. Let's talk about what to do before it comes. I told you that the conditions, the three conditions are already out there. Now, what do you do? Number one, stay little in your eyes. That's what happened with David. I showed that yesterday. Number two, number two, know how to constrain the Lord. Know how to constrain the Lord because he won't stay without you constraining him. Do you remember in Luke 24, on the road to Emmaus, when he wanted to keep going and they constrained him to stay? So God sometimes will test you and say, are they ready for the, for the new anointing? And he will test you by making you think he's leaving when he's actually wanting to stay. So God Almighty will not come till we seek him. He seeks to be sought. He longs to be longed for. He wants to be called upon. So, so, so the Lord is walking on the Sea of Galilee and he makes it as though he wants to keep going till they said, Jesus, and he came. Keep that music playing, please, quick. So you have to learn how to constrain the Lord. If you want to be prepared, number one, you have to, you have to stay little in your eyes. Two, learn how to constrain him like Jacob. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not, I will not let you go till you bless me. Number three, number three, don't despise what God already gave you. Because he will use the little you have. Jesus said, if you're faithful with the small you have, he will give you more. Number four. Number four is watch with whom you associate. Association is very important to, to preparation. You're going to prepare for the new anointing by staying around the right people and get away from the wrong people. So when you, when you read Acts 4.13... The Pharisees recognized they had been with Jesus. Here they said, there's unlearned men. But now they recognize, ah, they've been with the Lord. Association. David changed the lives of 400 more men by, right, they began to associate with him. And his anointing came on them. That's in, in Samuel. Number, n- number five. Number five is, is where I stopped yesterday. Number five is, you have to stay contrite in your heart or God will not anoint you. Because it says in Isaiah 66, 1 and 2, that God dwells with the one who is of a broken heart. You can't be ready for a new anointing if you're arrogant. You can't be ready for a new anointing if you're proud. A new anointing comes on the humble. Stay in a place of a broken heart. Let me, let, me, let me read that to you. I'm almost done because I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Don't you leave me now, you sweet people that are watching on all platforms and social media. Isaiah 66, 1 and 2, it says this. Thus says the Lord, the heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. And then it says in, in verse 2, for all those things I've made, my hand has made. And then he says this. And to this man will I look, even to him that is a, of a poor and contrite spirit and trembles at my word. So when someone has a contrite spirit, 
God will say, I can trust him with the anointing. Number six, number six, give yourself to the word of God. Give yourself to the word. That's what it says in Acts 6, when they were, when they were presented with a, with a problem between the, the you know, Hellenistic Jews and the local Jews because of serving. They said, no, we will give us ourselves to the word and prayer. So you have to give yourself to the word of God. And the Bible makes it very clear in 2 Timothy 2.15 that you cannot be used of God. God will not even trust you with any anointing till you prove yourself worthy and you are searching the scriptures. It says, show, 2 Timothy 2.15, show yourselves approved to God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed. God will use you if you're prepared with the word. And then in Psalm 119, verse 130, open thou mine eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. So God's word is number six. And number seven, very critical, prayer. Acts 4, 29 through 34, they prayed. They said, Lord, stretch your hand that signs and wonders may be done. They prayed before the Holy Ghost came and they prayed after the Holy Ghost came. When they were threatened, they came back and said, Lord, behold the threatening, stretch your hands that mighty signs and wonders be done. Father, in the name, come on, let's lift our hands and pray. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for each one listening, everyone watching, prepare them for the new anointing, Lord. Prepare them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Use them, use them, use them, Lord, use them. Let them recognize when the new atmosphere begins, when the new message begins. Let them recognize it, Lord. Let them recognize when you begin to move. In the name of Jesus, stretch your hands towards me. I'm stretching my hands towards you. Lord, Move now upon your people. Let them sense it on their hands. Let them sense that anointing on their hands. I'm sensing it on both my hands right now. Let them sense it on their hands, Lord. In the name of Jesus, touch them. Touch them. You people feel that? How many on the screen on Zoom feel it? Just wave at me. Wave your hands if you're feeling it. Look at all of them, Chad. Look, 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 look. There's a lot of people in their homes sensing something on your hands. You sense it on yours? Thank God. I see Sean there in Dubai. He's really getting a double dose of it. Lord, in Jesus' name, touch your people. Touch everyone watching me on Facebook, on, on Instagram, on YouTube, everywhere, Lord. Let them sense that anointing in the name of Jesus on their hands. Let them feel it on their hands. To your honor and glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
In fact, the Lord is telling me, some people are, are feeling it all over their bodies, not just your hands. You, you, you sense something on your body. Lord, we thank you for that beauty. Touch your people in Jesus' name. And Lord, bring healing through them. Lord, let there be miracles through them. Heal the sick through them. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I give you praise, Lord. Move through them. Touch lives through them. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Well, this has been a blessed time. Uh, thank you all for joining me, and thank you, dear sweet people from BHI that are on the screens. But I want to I wanna pray with you that the Lord will use you and increase you. Yeah, just put that, that beautiful worship a little, a little bit lower. I want you to prepare for the greatest season of your life. The greatest season of your life is coming. In every way, spiritually, with your health, with your strength, in the physical realm, I mean, and with your finances. God's going to do amazing things with you as his, his people. So let's not, let's not stop reading the word. Let's not stop praying, serving the Lord, and let's not stop giving in these days when it's so critical to prepare for our future when it comes to finance. Because God cares for that very much, very, very much. So Lord, bless them. Stretch your hands as I pray with you. Bless them, Lord, in every way. And bless them also financially in the coming days. Lord, every time you move with a new anointing, you prosper your people. Bless them mightily in Jesus' name. And God's people said amen and amen. All right, listen. You sweet people now, go ahead and give and sow seed to the Lord's work. You can give by... Yes, doing it on the platform you're watching on. You can go to our website, benihin.org. You can text BHM45777. But more important than anything else, get ready for the new anointing to come upon your life. Okay. Well, I'm going to say goodbye to the people on the platforms. I, I, I want the BHI students to stay with me. So God love you. I'll see you tomorrow. And I, I'm going to just flow with God tomorrow. I'm going to just let the Lord guide me. Okay. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow.